0: You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What is going on, everybody? John and Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 14. Coop coming off a cut down day around the NFL. Rosters now at the league maximum size as we head into uh, week one of the NFL season, which is... Uh, coming quickly here recording on a Wednesday so we're about a, a week and a day away from opening night here for week one Coop. it's a, it's exciting it's what we've worked hard for it's what we've recorded 13 weeks of podcast so far leading up into and I'm just anxious honestly I'm ready to get going where I'm you get the DFS content that we're ready to go out for everybody's seasonal content I'm just ready to dominate this upcoming fantasy football season
1: I mean dude forget all that yesterday and the day before that that was crazy with the cuts and everything especially for New England fans like us like i had to deal with the Cam Newton stuff i had people coming at me with all these crazy tight end scenarios and Zach Ertz and Chris Hearn and all that we'll get into all that but i mean good lord what a yeah. what a day it's like they couldn't spread some of these days out i feel like the nfl is just built that way where it's like it just hits you like a truck The draft when free the tampering day when it's like ripe, <laughs> right right it's it, it's i don't even the, know why the Apple, legal
0: tampering day where everybody at 1201 Schefter lets go this 45 scheduled tweets of all the contracts that are already agreed to yeah
1: already exactly. agreed. yeah it's like they couldn't spread it out a little bit so it's and Cut roster cut down day is another one of those where it's just – it's it's so much at once. So if you missed any of that yesterday, which even I did, you know what I mean? Like I was doing it all day, uh, going through it all, and I went back and finally looked at it, and I was like, what? This guy? Got-? So we're going to go through it with you now, right, and catch everybody up on anything they might have missed. And if it's fantasy relevant, we'll even touch on guys. If you're in a 32-team league, we'll touch on those guys. If you're in a normal 12, 10, 12-team 12 league, like a normal person, we'll definitely – Tell you what we think about those guys.
0: Yeah, I want to start off obviously again. No biases here, of course, but we are New England Patriots fans, and I have to say the top story of the day really was the release of Cam Newton. it's surprised I think everybody, even those who thought maybe Mac Jones had won the job. I don't think anybody saw a re- a straight up release of Cam Newton happening, but at 10 a.m. basically early in the morning of cutdown day, we got the word that Cam Newton was released. Mac Jones has won the starting quarterback job here in new England. And that essentially flips the fantasy world on its head in terms of how you're viewing the new England Patriots, not exactly at the quarterback position. I really don't think there was much interest there, regardless of who was going to play Mac Jones or Cam Newton, just good to get the clarity. Um, and you're safer now drafting Mac Jones, knowing that Cam Newton's not going to start the season to eventually get benched, but it's for all of the secondary players that are part of this offense. Damian Harris, James White, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, up and down the list, all of those guys now become more valuable. We'll get to that in a second. In my opinion, they become more valuable. I know you have some differing takes on players there, but with the idea that now it's no longer Cam Newton, now Mac Jones is a better thrower, and you don't have to worry about Cam Newton vulturing all those goal line touchdowns if you're any of the Patriots running backs so that you're looking to invest, invest in. That's so a coup. What is your reaction now to Mac Jones? Being the starting quarterback of New England.
1: I mean, so I want to get your take on one thing real quick, because we never really talked on this. I've heard in terms of why Cam Newton was outright released and they didn't keep him around as a a backup or imagine maybe they did try to float him as a trade. So I've heard explanations from. Well, maybe Bill and Cam had some sort of handshake deal where Cam said, "Hey, if I if I'm not the guy, will you please just release me so I can go somewhere else?" I've also heard people saying, "Oh, well, Bill doesn't want him around as as a distraction, even if he's a good enough player. Having that high profile uh, profile of a guy, you might have the fans calling for Cam." I mean, what are your? Th- I mean, we'll, Bill Belichick will never tell us, so we can yeah. speculate all we want. Well, what do you think? What do you think the reason is that he was just outright released?
0: Yeah, so I think it has a lot to do, and and I'm gonna go with the the Skip Bayless uh, reasoning here as well, is that backup isn't in Cam Newton's makeup, right? When I when he was saying this, the only thing that I that I actually initially started going to was one of my favorite rants of all time, and it comes from Allen Iverson, and it's like, why am I coming off the bench? How many league MVPs do you see coming off the bench? How many all-time leading scorers do you see coming off the bench yet? Like why Allen Iverson? Well, that's Cam Newton, right? Cam Newton is full of confidence in his ability, regardless of his play on the field. There are some very ugly games last season, one game where he had 36 passing yards against Buffalo. Like, he clearly isn't the MVP of Cam Newton, but in his mind, I feel like he still feels that he's capable of playing at a starting caliber level. So to have him behind Mac Jones, I think, would really cause. You know, a distraction. It's not that I think Cam is going to cause a distraction, but having him there, knowing that he feels like he could be a starter, who knows? We know he likes his social media game. He could be posting cryptic posts. So he had the whole loyalty post earlier in, in camp and everybody's like, what is this about? You know, Mac Jones coming off a big game and all of a sudden Cam's posting loyalty on his Instagram. Like passive aggressiveness could be a part of that. And then if Mac starts to struggle... The calls for Cam would be there, right? And right. even though we know that Cam, we know what Cam Newton is. If Mac Jones isn't looking the part, if there's some early rookie struggles, having a guy like Cam Newton behind him would just make it feel like people would want to see Cam Newton in there. You get rid of Cam Newton, now it's Brian Hoyer, and they brought in Garrett Gilbert, I think it is today, the the quarterback that was in in Dallas, but now on the practice squad as well. Right. But those the, guys, you're not yeah. calling for those guys over Mac Jones. You're just gonna let Mac Jones play it out, but Cam Newton could get some, some backing behind him.
1: Right. And that's, that's the other part of it with these guys, Gilbert and Hoyer. And when you ask yourself, why would you bring these guys in? It's being backup is a totally different job, right? You have to run the scout team. You have to try and mimic the other team's plays. Brian Hoyer has been doing that. Brian, At this point, Brian Hoyer knows, you know, how to mimic the, Jets, the Dolphins, the Bills, all these teams were going to play because he, he's been doing that. Like, you're not going to convince Cam Newton to do that either. So now you got to carry three quarterbacks if you also carry him because he's not going to run the scout team. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I think that it was probably best to just get rid of him. But we got a lot of teams to get through. So let's move on, to, at least to talking about the players here. I think that you and me disagree to a certain degree. I think it is rising tides for for pretty much all these players and the one that we disagreed on with the wide receivers. I think that, personally, having a guy that can push the ball downfield, has a stronger arm, potentially spread the ball around more, I think that it benefits Nelson Aguilar. And I think it's not as good for Jacoby Myers, even, even to the degree of potentially being in a worse situation with Mac Jones than he was with Cam Newton. With Cam, you had a guy who liked the short throw, pretty much all he could throw, and they played together last year, and that was Cam's top target this year. Now you're getting a situation where I know they have rapport in camp, but it's kind of a clean slate in terms of guys that have actually played in games together. So for me, I do like it better for Aguilar. I know you you like Jacoby a lot, so why don't you tell us what makes you like Jacoby Myers?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's more so when you say clean slate and it being a clean slate for everybody, I agree to that point. But when it's been a clean slate, it's been Mac Jones and Jacoby Myers that are the ones that are connecting. It's not clean slate. And all of a sudden, Nelson Aguilar and Mac Jones are are just playing catch during training camp and and everybody assuming, well, Jacoby had the number one last year. Obviously, he's going to come in and be the number one, despite what's going on with with Mac Jones and Nelson Aguilar. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing Mac Jones and and Jacoby Myers connect um, with one another. Now, I like Nelson Aguilar, and they have connected on plays. You know, I went through Twitter looking for one thing. Nelson Aguilar drops because he had a plenty of them during camp, but there was also a few where him and Mac Jones connected on th- long touchdown passes. One of the other tweets that I saw was that Mac Jones has had run, uh, not Mac Jones, Nelson Aguilar at that point in camp, uh, a reporter had estimated he ran 70% go routes. Well, that's that's what Nelson Aguilar's role in this team is going to be. It's going to be to run downfield, and to your point of big play upside, 100%, but How many shots downfield is Mac Jones going to be taking during a game compared to these probably intermediate routes that he's going to throw to potentially to Jacoby Myers? Myers is, again, having that connection. And I know they have the tight ends, Hunter Henry and John Smith, that are also very capable of being those intermediate guys where, sure, maybe those are the ones that get the targets. They've been injured throughout camp. Hunter Henry still hasn't really been able to get on the field. And when he has been healthy, John Smith's been hurt. So maybe we're seeing this chemistry develop with Jacoby Myers and Mac Jones. Because the other guys just haven't been able to get on the field. And Nelson Aguilar doesn't at least yet really fit the skill set that we're looking for with Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones is incredibly accurate. And we, anytime he's throwing deep ball, all you ever hear is how he's basically dropping it in the breadbasket. And it's just being dropped by Zuber or Wilkinson or Aguilar, those guys. So it's not that he can't throw the deep ball. And it's not that I don't think that Nelson Aguilar is going to have some upside. But he's coming off of a career in in Oakland or Las Vegas, rather, where he's never had that type of season before either. It's not like he's an established veteran of, of years and years of production. I feel like they're almost on the same playing field in terms of coming off their breakout season, so.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, one's a Super Bowl winner and the other one, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they're both Super Bowl winners, right? And uh, But one of them's never scored a touchdown. So to me, I look at the situation, like I look at historically, right? When you look at top 24 wide receivers, pretty much all of them get, over 100 targets. Last year, every single one did. When you look at the guys that can crack the top 24 without getting over 100 targets, it's guys like Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams did it one year, uh, Stephon Diggs. These are the guys that without 100 targets, they've been able to crack it. They're high efficiency, high A-dot type players. So if when you're picking these guys, they're both around the 60th pick. The way I look at it is this. I'm looking for upside and Jacoby Myers, he needs to get absolutely fed targets. To you know, hit that threshold and be a guy that is really cracking your lineups. You know what I mean? For me, Aguilor has just has an easier path to upside. If the targets are even between the two of them, Aguilor is going to be the better fantasy player. You know what I mean? If it's right down the, if they're both getting the same targets based on the A and everything we've talked about, mm-hmm. Aguilor is going to be better. So uh, the way I could see it working out, and this might be the smartest advice if you want to split the two of us right down the middle, is in full PPR leagues. Right. You take the guy that you think is going to get more targets. Take, for instance, Robbie Anderson last year in half in full PPR. He was the better fantasy player. If you're in a half PPR or standard lead, you want the guy that's going to get the yards, potentially touchdowns. That's where you take Nelson Aguilar. Last year in half PPR, DJ Moore scored more points than Robbie Anderson. It was flipped, even though he got more targets. It just boiled down to the format. So I think that if we're gonna split the, the middle on the advice here, and we kinda of have to if we're gonna move on. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar in uh half PPR, uh Jacoby Myers in full. Can we can we yeah. can we agree on that?
0: I, I think that that is a good middle part. I will say T Conor, you're one a consistent point of Jacoby Myers never scoring a touchdown. The starting quarterback for the Patriots last year had eight total passing touchdowns. Three of them came in week 16 against the Jets. So, you know, I'm going to hope with better passing numbers from the quarterback position that there's going to be some touchdown potential there. And the slot receiver has historically succeeded in the New England offense, even low, as low as Danny Amendola, whenever he was able to be healthy and on the field. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, guys who have, if you want to see similar comp scoop, Undrafted free agent in Wes Welker, seventh round converted quarterback in Julian Edelman. I, they, none of them were overly fast. I, I know they have. All different, you're talking
1: about all time great slot receivers.
0: But they weren't. But they weren't when they were with New England initially. Wes Welker had 600 yards and one touchdown with the Dolphins. Came to New England and became an all time guy.
1: If Mac Jones could be Tom Brady, then it's not a problem. So. There you have it, folks. Mac Jones is Tom Brady and Jacoby Myers is Wes Welker slash Wes Edelman Welker Troy Brown. You know Wes you El- do
0: know <laughs> that Jacoby Myers broke Tory Holt's receiving record at South Carolina, don't you?
1: Yeah, and James White has the record for most receptions <laughs> in a Super Bowl. We could we could rattle off Patriots stats all day, but this That's isn't true. a Patriots right, podcast. Let's move on. So this isn't
0: we'll a Patriots away. podcast. You're right. You're right. You're right. But we should we should maybe consider a Patriots podcast on our own free time. All right. So what, what team what team do you think made the next most the splash air coupon in your opinion?
1: Let's let's just bang through these. We we got the list here. Let's I, let's say let's just hit them quick. All uh, right.
0: Buffalo Bills then, because we're actually starting the AFC East based off this article here. Right. Anybody we're- that's jumping off to you. Jake Fromm. I mean, he was a third quarterback there. Jacob Hollister, maybe he was somebody that was brought in and had some contention with Dawson Knox. Rumored to trade. that's not going to happen with Zach Ertz. You know, what's your take there, Mr. Titan Whisperer?
1: Dianne, I mean, it's Dawson Knox, the problem. Like, so the thing with Dawson Knox is if he can somehow claim that second target on the team role, then that would be you well, know, that's his path. And I think it would take an Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sandra, Sanders injury and kind of Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley not really stepping up. The problem is that team used more the second most four wide receiver sets behind only the Cardinals, and you don't have a tight end when you do that. So his upside is capped by his usage just in general. Like if you're 15% of the time, they they didn't have a tight end on the field at all. So, I mean, and it, it, when you have a team that is blocking tight ends, different tight ends, that's that's why his snap share was only like 60, 65 or so. So the Jacob Hollister being gone is just another, I mean, it's a guy that you can now forget about dynasty forever. If you were holding Jake Fromm, if you were holding Steve Steven Sims, Hollister cut him the only other interesting name on this list is I see Bobby Hart got cut he was with the Bills before he was a Bengals starting right tackle last year and now he's being cut by the Bills so I mean they replaced Bobby Hart with Riley Reef. I think that's just a little plus for the Bengals to know that they were starting a guy who doesn't even deserve to be on a 53-man roster right now and now they've made upgrades so that cut that cut from the Bills is kind of a plus for the Bengals if you ask me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Miami Dolphins, I'm going to say FF Twitter has been kind of more upset about this one, but is it Jared Dokes? <laughs>
1: Jared Dokes. Yeah, yeah.
0: like, uh, and, and Patrick Laird, and hardly knew you, but, you know, the running back situation in Miami now down to essentially three Salvin Ahmed, Malcolm Brown, and Miles Gaskin. But Dokes, for whatever reason, was a name that Fantasy Football Twitter had as their deep dynasty sleepers or something.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Jared Dokes, yeah, deep, deep sleeper didn't really matter. Patrick Laird, Peter Oversett. Love He's pretty, pretty much the only person that cares about him. So, sorry, Pete. Rest in peace to Patrick Laird. On this other list, you do have Malcolm Perry, who kind—he of, was kind of like a running back slot guy combo. He was released, and the Patriots immediately added him, and they waived somebody to make a roster spot for him. So, kind of a little interesting maybe there that the Patriots did add him. Jordan, Jordan Scarlett was another name that's kind of thrown around if you're in a deep enough league, and one name that I'm glad to see them cut, honestly, because... When you talk about, like, personnel, right? Anytime you bring on a second tight end, that brings a wide receiver out of the game. Every time you bring on a fullback, it takes a wide receiver out of the game. That's why the Ravens are such a desolate place for fantasy, is that it's because Nick Boyle is getting 700 snaps. And Patrick Ricard, their fullback, played more snaps than Antonio Gibson last year. So when they're bringing these guys on, it takes guys out of the game, and it just limits their upside. So seeing them cut Carl Tucker the fullback that they brought in from Alabama, I mean, they still have Stephen Carter, but I think that at least tells us that hopefully they're not going to be using the fullback because they have three wide receivers, right? So they have three wide receivers, all these tight ends. If they have a tight end and a fullback on the field, that means one of Devontae Parker, Waddle, or Will Fuller is out of the game. And I just, I don't want to see it for fantasy. So Carl Tucker, see you later.
0: The New York Jets traded Chris Herndon and then cut Ryan Griffin, leaving Tyler Croft as their only real tight end on the roster here. Thoughts on Croft. Do you think he has the ability to be a pass-catching receiver in this offense?
1: If you took Tyler Croft and started him at every wide receiver position and the tight end position, and I got points for all of them, I still would not add Tyler Croft in any of my leagues. That's my Tyler Croft take. Here's here's a story on Tyler Croft. One time somebody was arguing with me that Tyler Croft was a good pass-catching tight end, and I I said, no, he blocks more than any other tight end. In that group, and he also did with the Bengals. That person came back and said, Well, they paid him this money, so they can't possibly he's got to catch passes. And I said, All these other tight ends are paid to block, gave examples, and then I said, He's being brought in to replace Tommy Sweeney and then Lee Smith. This was on the bills. I basically said he got he's getting paid to block. His own wife that liked, liked that tweet, right? So, I mean, like at that point, like, I mean, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say now? His wife just said that he blocks. That he's yeah. paid to block. So uh, I think, I honestly, I think they're going to try and bring somebody in. The one that kind of hurt me, Chris Herndon, don't really care about. We could talk about him with the with the Vikings. But they cut Kenny Yeboah, who's a converted wide receiver that they brought in, undrafted free agent. I, he was the one that kind of interested me. So. Yeah kind of kind of strange and I mean, we'll see
0: i mean I, I haven't checked out the the recent reads a lot of these guys have cleared waivers already and then been added on the practice squad so you know i don't know if you've seen it but maybe you finds himself back on the practice squad or something like that right like
1: right and Ubo- also with the veterans like the, the other thing people forget is that so you like now is where you clear and that get added to the practice squad after week one like right there's a there's a Kind of a loophole where if you know your veterans aren't going to get claimed by another team, you can cut them and then wait until the season starts and then sign them and then you you can avoid all that veteran automatic guaranteed money. Right, so Ryan Griffin seems like a perfect candidate where no one's coming in to claim Ryan Griffin or to pay Ryan Griffin. He's probably just gonna hang around and then get added back. That's my that's my thinking on it.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's certainly a possibility there as well. Let's move over to the AFC North. We have the Baltimore Ravens. Trace McSorley was the backup quarterback or in the conversation for a backup quarterback. Uh, He was released there. Of course, they lost J.K. Dobbins due to injury. They didn't really cut or yet to bring in anybody to replace J.K. Dobbins. It's Gus Bus. It's Williams there as well that's going to be moving in as the backup justice as well anybody sticking out to you here that was they already
1: released my boy Eli Wolf man didn't never even got a chance so hardly uh, knew you ye. ye, yeah so yeah he's got i mean nobody else on this list really is interesting just figure we got to mention Tyson Williams is a guy you need to have your eye on apparently Justice Hill fooled fooled me 5 times justice Hill very cool dude but apparently Tyson Williams is the second guy on that team and we know that Gus Edwards he can plunge it in, but he's not really, he's not flashy. He's not explosive in space. So Tyson Williams is definitely a name to keep an eye on. He could end up being, it's crazy to say, it could end up being this year's, like, Miles Gaskin. Or it's, you can't call anybody James Robinson unless Gus Edwards also gets hurt and Justice Hill gets COVID, like whatever happened with the Jaguars last year. But, I mean, he could be a guy that that uh, earns that open field role, which in that Ravens offense, man, I mean, there are possibilities.
0: With the Bengals, I want to make note of Puka Williams and Travion Williams, both running backs, being released because that's going to leave Joe Mixon, Samaji Piran, and my guy, Chris Evans, on the roster here, identified, I think, in podcast number one, Cooper, podcast number two, as a deep dynasty ad. We identified him as somebody that could be taking over this third down role with Gio Bernard gone out. They're still going to try to give Mixon that opportunity. But Evans was catching passes during the preseason. He had a big touchdown catch as well. Like, that's that's a guy that there if you're looking them. deep, he's he's there. He caught football. He caught passes in Michigan. And, and credit to you, you talked about it. Fine reasons why guys fall in drafts. And, and he was one of those guys who had... Some academic issues cost him to miss time during the season. His draft stock fell, but he was at a blue, a blue chip uh, college. And so for me, that's sort of a little bit of a vindication there. Chris Evans, not that I have him anywhere. Any Anything for you here? Any tight ends? Thaddeus Moss gone? Mason Shrek gone? Appealing with these situations?
1: Yeah, I mean, thanks, Boston's guy people are holding on to, but I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, I wish you guys could see because I was smiling ear to hear here because we had that conversation about what we want to look for and what you know, and the the guys that slide for certain reasons. And you went out and found Chris Evans, man, and planted your flag on him months ago, right? Like, how, like three months ago, was it? Yeah. Like, so that's we all.
0: Looking for deep dive guys to look at for dynasty, and you you yeah. do the research. And you don't hit the name that everybody's looking at. I'm literally reading through profiles and situations, and Evans was a guy that stuck out to me. And here we are going into week one, and he might actually have a role on this team.
1: Right. You look at all these Michigan guys kind of after escaping Harbaugh, showing up to their parents' house, wearing cleats in their kitchen, sleeping over and doing all sorts of weird stuff. You know what I mean? Like drinking milk and... And and wearing khakis like now those guys are seemingly they 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 slid in the draft because they were kind of in the system. And now they're kind of killing it. So Chris Evans, definitely interesting. Twenty nine yard touchdown, as you mentioned the other day. So uh, definitely a name that you want on your radar. Tyson Williams over Chris, Chris Evans for me right now, especially in redraft. But I mean, deep enough leagues. Those are stashes. I own Chris Evans in multiple leagues. So.
0: All right. So next team here that we're going down on, anybody for Pittsburgh sticking out to you?
1: So Pittsburgh, Jalen Samuels was definitely a name that people were kind of interested in. I think it was more, he was the guy that had the dual tight end eligibility very briefly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of his claim to fame where you could start him at tight end for a couple of weeks there when he had a a job there. Besides that, nothing really for me. Josh Dodd. Josh Dodd suspended. Interesting. Yeah. Now that's it for me on that team
0: all right how about for for cleveland for you
1: Well, daryl hodge is an interesting cut because he actually played kind of a massive snap share he was kind of a all exercise team as we like to uh say where a guy's playing like 80 85 of the snaps but he's not getting the ball jalen guyton and ian thomas those are all exercise guys where they're just playing these massive snap shares but for me people always talk about vacated target share but but you can't get the snap the targets without the snaps. So for me, it's the vacated snaps. We're now the Kadero Hodge being cut, where a guy that was playing a big snap share, meaning that if you're playing a 70% snap share, you're a threat to play a 30% snap share. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So him being off the team kind of wheels up for guys like anthony schwartz and donovan people's jones donovan people's jones being another one of those michigan ascending right. guys right so just something to think about with these michigan guys when you look at like nico collins you look at the lack of production it could could just be the harbaugh train wreck you know is keeping these guys from putting up the, the everything else there because when you look at nico collins it, his he looks just like Kenny Galladay on paper until you get to the college production. But what if that was the thing holding him back? So something to think about, of course.
0: Right. AFC South. We have the Houston Texans. Of course, they're prepared to apparently bench Deshaun Watson uh, all season long. That's kind of the big one there. But maybe the most notable name being released is Kiki Kuti, who has already found a new home in the division. I, th- I think I saw it was in the division, right? Isn't he? Didn't he sign with the? Now I'm questioning. If I have that team correctly, let me check that real quick. I thought I saw that he was with the Colts here real quick.
1: Uh... Well, while he's looking that up, I will say
0: Alex. Yeah, Colts. He signed with the Colts practice squad today. So, staying in the division, but he was a notable name being released there.
1: Yeah. And one thing that, so, I know that a lot of people, if you're listening to the Fantasy Alarm, listening to this podcast, you're probably a fantasy football sicko like us. I'm in a a league called Draft with Giants where you get a ton of points, double points for return yards. Return specialists are kind of like cheat codes. Alex Erickson being released does mean that Andre Roberts is probably going to be returning both kicks and punts. So if your league does have any sort of points for kicks and punts, usually it doesn't make sense to own those guys unless they get the double role. Alex Erickson was the last guy kind of competing to return punts. So Andre Roberts is probably going to be the full role there, and he's been one of the best in the league, multiple-time pro Bowl or all-pro return man. Another one, before before we move on from this team, one that's actually meaningful to me as a Nico Collins fan is Chris Moore being released because Moore came over with the the offensive coordinator from the Ravens so their head coach which escapes me right now uh, sorry yeah go ahead
0: ahead.
1: yeah so David Cully Chris Moore came over with David Cully he was kind of a threat to potentially get snaps opposite of Brandon Cooks. so him being released is just another you know minor boost there for Nico Collins
0: yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I got a lot of exposure to Collins there. And then them moving on from receivers that potentially would take targets from them. I think obviously has a lot going on with that one. Go with the Colts I mentioned they signed Kiki Kuti. They put on TY Hilton. I think you I think you went on the IR or is potentially going there. He supposedly had surgery. Uh, to relieve some issues with a disc in his neck. So that, that's kind of interesting seeing them bring him in. Kylie Waring has now been on three teams in this offseason, quickly signed by the Colts and released by the Colts. Anybody else here jumping out to you a fantasy note? Who,
1: who's who been cut for more teams this offseason? Kale Waring or Edo Smith? it's it's got to be close between the two i think the both of them are somewhere near three or four teams at this point cuz the Warren Warren got cut by the texans and by the patriots so far right. and, and by the colts
0: mm-hmm. i think
1: Ito has also been on at least at least two maybe three teams at this point so also in- interesting to see jordan thomas and andrew valere being cut there the tight end room is consolidated to just Moelli cox jack doyle and kylan granson kevin rogers the gf the director of pro personnel whatever that is said they drafted trey burton to be sorry they drafted kylan granson to be trey burton and then Mo Alley cox in practice, to reporters, said Kylan Granson looks just like Trey Bisseau. Mm-hmm. And that's the best role there for that. Seeing the last one, I guess, seeing Dayo Odangbo go on injured reserve was expected. He tore his Achilles. The Colts are very confident in their this special Achilles technique that they have, that the new technique, because Marlon Mack's coming back from it. They drafted Dayo. De- Deo Odangbo, who has it, and they signed Eric Fisher to play tackle, who towards Achilles. So they seem to, you know, be very confident in the new procedures in that Achilles. I mean, that's a risky injury though.
0: It is a risky injury, I agree. And I guess we'll have to see how a more noble player in Cam Akers next year returns from that Achilles injury if he's capable of being the same type of guy. Jacksonville Jaguars released a pair of receivers. Farrah Cooper, Philip Dorsey, Devin Smith, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell as well. So I think you're kind of solidifying the guys that we know are going to be the top uh, receivers in that offense. Anybody else for you stand out here? Yeah,
1: so Colin Johnson was released as well. And I kind of had some hopes for him. He'd back end of a very deep dynasty league roster i had colin johnson so he's the i think out of that group he's the guy that's most likely to potentially catch on somewhere else and again for return anyone looking at return guy battles i doubt anyone else is but me pharaoh cooper being released means that it's wheels up for jamal agnew to do both punt and kick returns for them who they took they gave a decent amount of money for the Lions the Lions are going to get a comp pick for Jamal Agnew based on the money that they paid him and the fact that he's going to be on the team play all year so
0: going down to the Tennessee Titans uh anybody jumping out to you I know Des Fitzpatrick was a notable name because the Titans actually traded up and traded multiple draft picks to draft Des Fitzpatrick and then they released him
1: right yeah I mean like I'm me I'm so far out on anyone Draft any wide receivers drafted after the third round. When you look at the historical hit rates, they're bad. You look at the fact that there are comp picks in there. So, uh, a guy like Des Fitzpatrick, even though he was picked in the fourth and Josh Palmer was picked in the third, he actually went a full round, a round worth of picks after Josh Palmer because there's 10 picks in between the third round and the fourth round. So, it, the one thing that'll re kill them and it would annoy me is if uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is good as a fourth round pick that went after Des Fitzpatrick with a similar skill set. And this guy's good. And Fitzpatrick didn't even make it through camp. That would be kind of a black mark for their GM. So something to something to look at there. Yeah. Also, JV Hawkins being cut again. That's probably got to be the end for him, right?
0: <laughs> right. Here's another one. Uh, was he with Atlanta before that everybody was at- upset about?
1: Right. So he's with Atlanta where it's, he was an undrafted guy that brought in, but people liked him pre-draft. So that's a team that needed help, and he gets cut there. And then he's on a team here that needs pass-catching help, which is his specialty, and he gets cut again. It's got to be hard to catch on after that. So you got to root for the guy, though.
0: Yeah, for sure there. Going over to the AFC West Denver Broncos here, any notable names sticking out to you? Obviously, a famed quarterback, Kendall Hinton, uh, was released. <laughs> a hardly better better wide receiver than quarterback, but not good enough the be here for this season
1: yeah i mean again with these people that get so wrapped up in trying to like find the diamond in the rough deep league guys that everyone's missing on but you know about seth williams is another guy that people are if you're holding him a dynasty you probably shouldn't have been but you can go ahead and cut him now
0: six yeah. round pick and i again another name that fantasy twitter was like i can't believe they dropped this he, he was released it's like well he's a six round pick you know like long shot to make the team what do we what do we mean
1: right forget it so we can move on for uh, to the Kansas chiefs City
0: chiefs here any any names jumping out to you any impact plays i mean we we pretty much know what this offense is um, any surprises for you
1: i mean another well another guy cornell powell released that people were talking about darwin thompson a pick that a lot of people reached on when he was drafted because the video videos him squatting doing all that so that's kind of a tough one to swallow for some people but for me personally I, t- I tweeted this guy's name out when I first saw it, rest in peace DiCaprio Boodle, one of the best names in the league. He's a cornerback or I guess no longer in the league now. DiCaprio Boodle and also Bo Pete Keys, two of the best two of the best f- football names in my opinion. So I hope those two guys catch on somewhere just because I think their names are
0: Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders Coupes. any notable names? John Brown of course asked for his release so he's still floating out there and available.
1: Yeah, John Brown's a big one because he's a guy that he signed there 3.7 million, 3.75 million uh, with with some guaranteed money. And he's getting paid guaranteed money still from the bills. So I mean, he's getting paid a couple million dollars. If he, if he doesn't play, he's getting paid a couple million dollars to not play, which I mean, that's a pretty good deal, right? But he's a guy that could just go somewhere and be annoying. I don't think he's going to go somewhere and be a stud for fantasy unless it's Maybe, I don't know, the Texans, teams that are just completely devoid of talent. But he could go somewhere and just take just enough snaps from somebody that—
0: Go to the Saints, you know, yeah, or something like that.
1: Right. I would just like him. I, it would be nice if he just took his money and took the year off or kind of wrapped it up.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on there. Anything with Derek Carrier? I mean, again, we know we know Waller is, is the tight end, but I don't know. He's a pass-blocking guy there or no?
1: I think, yeah, he's a pass-blocking guy, and— When it's funny, it's actually when you look at pro football focus and you don't sort by if you don't sort by like taking out the low volume guys, he actually grades out as the best tight end because he made like two catches without (laughs) dropping anything. But I guess it just it's Anytime somebody that can kind of catch gets released, I do like that because it it separates the barrier between Waller, who is the pass catcher, and everyone else who needs to block. You know what I mean? You don't want these like half and half guys that are coming into block but also catching some. You want your – yeah, you want to like Mark Andrews Nick Boyle. One guy catches, one guy –
0: The Chargers, Tyron Johnson was a big one. Obviously last year he sparked when they were down with injuries. People are expecting him maybe to be the wide receiver three going into this year, competing with Guyton, competing with your guy, Josh Palmer. But Tyron Johnson's the one that gets the ax. So does Joe Reed, who is somebody that, again, I was seeing some people on Twitter talk about being cut.
1: Yeah, I mean, so Tyron Johnson, he made, he would just I think it was mostly Joe Herbert, but he had some monster touchdowns. I think that's why people were, they liked him. Like like you already said, as a Palmer fan, I, I like to see guys like that are there. And Joe Reed is a guy that, again, if you play in these weird leagues with return stats, then he would have been kind of interesting. Beyond that, not really interested.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you there as well. And like you mentioned, uh, Johnson being out there just kind of opens up that that Palmer exposure even more. <laughs> NFC East, Dallas Cowboys here. They released R.C. Garrett Gilbert, backup quarterback. Ben DiNucci also released, so kind of maybe in the need for a backup. And if you listen to Skip Bayless and, and some of the reports shortly after there, the Cowboys were going to kick the old tires on Cam Newton. See if Cam Newton is a worthy backup quarterback to Dak Prescott. That one would be interesting. But from a skill position player standpoint, any anybody sticking out to you here?
1: Um, uh, you know, for for these guys beyond the who the guy you mentioned, not really. There's not, you know, this one. It, the the offense is so condensed around who they're actually going to use that it's kind of a good thing that when you think about what they really do. I guess there's two tight ends technically, but it's three wide receivers, a running back, a backup running back. So it looks like they're just kind of trimming it down to their core. So.
0: Yeah, New York Giants, they released Corey Clement, running back that maybe potentially would have been in the conversation for backup role there. Anybody else for you sticking up?
1: No, nothing there for me. Just one thing to note, since we're talking about this, if you're playing DFS or maybe really in a pinch for a starting tight end, if Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph don't play, we've actually seen Caden Smith be decent. If they, if they go into the game with no Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley on a snap count and Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram out, then Caden Smith is kind of a sneaky play, definitely a DFS.
0: Going on over to the Eagles here, Jordan Howard is released. They already <laughs> released Carrion Johnson. And for me, I and I we again on another podcast earlier, I kind of told you how much I really like Miles Sanders in this offense. And I didn't get why they had all these other backs that were behind him, but I think it spoke volumes to the limited amount of work that Sanders actually got in this preseason, because I think they were preserving him. Mm -hmm. But Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell were the ones that, you know, got the majority of the work in the preseason. Scott is the backup running back, the hybrid guy. Gainwell, supposedly, is kind of locked in that third down back role, but – I think you're going to see Miles Sanders be your 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 workhorse, your every down back your for the Eagles, which is something I'm I'm very excited about. He's another one of those home run hitters that we like to talk about here, Coop. Guys that can bust off a 70-yard touchdown at the blink of an eye. So for me, seeing Howard finally go, seeing Kerry Johnson go, and knowing that it's just Boston Scott behind Miles Sanders really interests me there. And then, of course, Travis Fulgham released as well.
1: Yeah, Fulgham, John Hightower, those are names for a bit. Obviously, Fulgham is a guy that has probably owned... In some leagues, uh, we actually, one of my leagues, you have to chug a beer and send it to the to the group chat if one of your guys gets cut. So I know Fulgham was owned. So that's a that's a beer for our buddy. The other one, the only other notable name is Richard Rogers. So the dream was Ertz gets traded, Goddard moves into the Ertz role, and then a guy like Richard Rogers moves into the Goddard inline blocking role. So the fact that Ertz said he wants to be here, he's going to he wants to retire there and they let go of Richard Rogers, that kind of puts that dream to the wayside where Goddard is probably still going to stay in his inline role and the earth's because he's simply not as good at blocking as Goddard gets to play that slot role so I guess that there goes the the Goddard dream for at least a little (laughs) bit back on the back burner
0: Yeah, it'll be something to watch there. Uh, Washington football team here. uh, Isaiah Wright, I think, is the name that some probably were were sad to see go, but they just brought in too many other guys. They also released Antonio Golden, Gandy Golden, but then immediately were able to put him back on their practice squad. Peyton Barber uh, released as well. So Antonio Gibson, uh, J.D. McKissick, owners can rejoice there. Uh, Anybody else for you?
1: So I'm not seeing his name here, but uh, Kelvin, Kelvin Harmon was also released. So... I'm fairly confident. So might have to double check on that, but Kelvin Hardman and Andy Antonio Gandy golden are just in that group of guys along with Hakeem Butler, where, you know, analytic Twitter and film grinder, Twitter love them before the draft. I know that some guys even had Hakeem Butler in the top, like one, I know Kelvin Harmon was in a lot of people's top five. Once the draft happens, we got to recognize that these are the best scouts in the world. And now we're seeing it here. And then Uh, Did Sammy Samus Rays, did he make the roster?
0: I am not sure. I I don't see him on this list, so it's possible.
1: Yeah, so I think that Samus Rays actually did make the team, and that's kind of an interesting, very, very deep tight end guy because – He's a another one of those converted wide receivers, but he's a he's a monster and he's super athletic. So he actually, oh no, he's a basketball player. That's what it was. He's a basketball player that comes over that didn't really play football, but he's made some plays. I mean, it's got to be really deep league, but just figured I'd throw his name out there as somebody that I believe did make the roster over some of these other guys that are Antonio Gandy-Golden's kind of notable, you know?
0: Right, exactly. The Chicago Bears, they brought in Brashard Perriman today after he was released from the from the Lions they released Isaiah Coulter they released Daz Newsome, who was a draft pick of theirs this year as well that some people were I think surprised to see go Riley Ridley Ryan Nall Octavius Pierce some notable guys that you've probably heard go around a few to anybody else to you or any impacts you want to talk about with these moves
1: not much there I think Perriman is just he's such a standard split end foot to the, to the line guy he's just a rob insurance so not, not much there
0: Yep, that's fair enough. When we're looking at the Detroit Lions, we mentioned paraman has gone. Anybody else? I didn't even know Drummond Allison was still in the league, but he too was released.
1: Yeah. No, I knew he was on the squad there. But, it, I mean, that's good news for Antonio. Oh, sorry, Amon Ross, St. Brown guys, because he is another slot guy. So it's good to see him leaving. And then the other guy that was kind of a, a darling of some people is a Sage Surratt. To be a slot guy, he's also gone a Wake Forest guy, so it's kind of tough for those guys to catch on when they are on a team like the, that's kind of the last stop, you know what I mean? When you're on mm-hmm. a ghost ghost chip like that, and you can't make that team. Other teams aren't aren't clamoring to get you. Guys that get cut from the Chiefs or the Patriots or something, that, that's that's a different story. Or really. the Buccaneers, but right. when you get when you get cut from the Lions, you're kind of in a tough spot.
0: I agree with you on that one. The Green Bay Packers they put Economia St. Brown on their on their practice squad today after after waving him, so he was able to make it. Anybody else here? Again, I'm looking through. None of these names are are jumping out to me. Dexter Williams maybe is someone that last year we saw him get into some games, but now he's he's gone with Jones and and Dylan there.
1: Yeah, I mean that was it. If you didn't say Dexter Williams out loud, I would have said it. Just to just so that we had, would have said it out loud. That's right. that's, all, that's all that means. So yeah, good there.
0: Uh, David Bacchiari, of course, he's a kind of a big name there that I uh, put on the pup list. So a uh, big left tackle. Yeah, uh, mm. you know, well, it's a big one.
1: That's super important because they lose him. They actually, they lost Corey Lindsley in free agency, the, the all-pro center. So I'm a big Aaron Jones guy, but a big part of liking Aaron Jones is that line being good. You need Bakhtiari back quickly because it could get it could get pretty ugly. And, you know, for a guy like, they have Mercedes Lewis out there a lot. He's going to be doing a ton of blocking. They might have to ask other guys like Tonyan to stay in because that's how you supplement bad tackle plays keeping tight ends
0: in we'll go to Minnesota Vikings here talk about Chris Herndon do you think there's any impact for him taking over for Smith here
1: no I mean because Smith was already the third target on the team where I liked him as a yin to the yin yang tight end so a safe guy you start early they even got the Bengals the first week so it would have been a good start but Chris Herndon couldn't even learn the Jets playbook that was a big problem there now he comes over to a new team I, I don't there's no reason to stash guys that have mediocre upsides. So Chris Herndon, I have zero interest in. I sent enough tweets on it today, though, to to go over it uh, at length. Zach Davidson is the guy that I did like as a fifth-round pick. Athletic guy, D2 guy, but put up crazy numbers in D2. He also got released today. So from that standpoint, it's shame to see it, but there's no one else here really in terms of additions or release guys that matters. Amir Abdullah in the return game but he could be an add back during the season I was seeing.
0: Atlanta Falcons and the NFC South here for everybody uh, that is still down on Mike Davis. Donta Foreman was released. Basically means that they got uh, Corderell Patterson and Quadri Olison as the two backups. And I sent today, somebody was mentioning that Olison is a, uh, a week three pickup. By the time, like, I don't personally understand the hype around Olsson Again, he was a six round pick that ran a, like a four six forty, he's he's averaging under three per yards per carry for his career and the two years that he's been in the league. For better or for worse, Mike Davis has a lock on this job. Yeah,
1: and you said it. You pretty much said it right there with Quadri Olson. The guy, the guys you get excited about are the guys like you look at Austin Eckler or Tony Pollard or guys that when they get in there. They, they produce well, and you're like, let's get this guy more carries. And then they finally get carries, that's when you get excited. Quadri Olson has had actually plenty of opportunities. He was on the team when both Devonta Freeman and Ido Smith got hurt. So we've seen him play. He's had plenty of opportunities. When he does get them, he doesn't look good. So it's not really a guy you should be clamoring for. Now, all of a sudden, Cordero Patterson kind of interests me as a guy that can take handoffs, can do some gadget stuff. And again, in draft with Giants, I own him because he is – on the all-time return yard, average yards per return list, it's him and Gale Sayers at the top, and no one else is even close. So he is one of the best return guys in the game, and he's he could be a factor running the ball back and then also getting a few carries of the backfield, catching balls at the backfield. So it's got to be a deep league, but kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, Carolina Panthers here. Anybody for you that, that's sticking out? I'm not really seeing much, but maybe you have a different take.
1: No. Will yes. Greer.
0: Reggie Bonifant, but I mean, like, we knew that Ch- Chuba Hubbard was the backup. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Don't, we didn't need to talk about these guys.
0: Right, no reason to go there. Saints. Devonta Freeman was released. Chris Hogan, Kevin White. The names that you're probably aware of, but, you know, mm. there was no real risk of them, I didn't think, cutting into workloads. They did keep Latavius Murray. Maybe that was a surprise to some.
1: Yeah, it's Jr. Sweezy? I mean, there was a while where he was kind of a staple as a guard, but, I mean, maybe he's at this point he's more of a backup. But, I mean, the, the Saints do have one of the best lines in the league, so kind of hard to, to, to get into that group. But, yeah, I mean, Devonta Freeman, I, I was a truther for a while there, but it's it's time to time to let him move on.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't really see any names jumping out here. How about for you? No. Nope. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing too crazy.
1: No, nothing. Yeah, we we know who their starters are. They kept all twenty-two starters in the Super Bowl.
0: Right. Exactly. they Tom Brady. If you're if you're a young player, you're probably not going on. CJ prozeis yeah, There's a name. I right. uh, really didn't didn't think he had a chance anyways, but notable. Uh, NFC West Arizona Cardinals. How about for you, Coop? Anybody worth mentioning here?
1: Uh, yeah, Keyshawn Johnson and uh, Isabella, uh Andy Isabella were released. So that. Oh, sorry, Andy Isabella is still there. But I was gonna has, say
0: they got to let go of Andy Isabella. I missed that he has, one.
1: He has 40 career catches, so I mean he might as well be a ghost person.
0: Christian Kirk till the spot that would have been his if they really wanted to use him. So right.
1: heck of a draft that year, right? Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson. Two of them are released. One of them he's in in danger of losing his punt return gig, which is pretty much his only gig. So kind of a tough spot. And basically throw the name Chris Dorch out there. People as a Jets add at one point people name was floating around but obviously at this point see you later
0: yeah 100 uh los angeles rams uh xavier jones uh suffered an ankle injury at the end of the game in preseason game three we already know cam Akers is gone but that just shortens up that running back room a little bit more coop so the trade of of sonny michelle maybe looking even better for those who have drafted him uh, daryl henderson and i guess what jake funk now the number three back on that team
1: Yeah, and I think that the—so the other running back— so Otis Anderson was a smaller running back, and didn't the other one get released as well? I just want to saw that, where I think basically Daryl Henderson is pretty much the only, like, uh, third-down pass-catching type back there, which I think that's what his role is going to be, and then Sony's going to have the early role with uh, Funk kind of being the backup. So, but yeah, I mean, both those guys are in for some work.
0: We go down to the 49ers. Travis Benjamin, again, a guy I wasn't 100% sure he was even— Still in the league, <laughs> he ended up finding his way to being released. Uh, Michael Pruitt maybe is a name that some are familiar with, probably for blocking as then receiving, if I would imagine, Coop. But any other, Wayne Gallman, actually. Wayne Gallman is a big one.
1: Yeah, that was uh interest too too funny that. That I was on that podcast and they you were the one that told me that cuz I you watched the podcast. I was on that podcast. And I let them crowdsource my last pick and that's what they picked, Wayne <laughs> Goldman. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. That Jake Trowbridge, I hold you personally responsible for that. And then from this list, so like Michael Pruitt is a blocking tight end. If you own a tight end in fantasy, you want Michael Pruitt to be added to your team's tight end room because he does not catch passes at all. He is a glorified extra tackle. He might as well be George Fant from from think uh, the Jets, who had, originally started as kind of a tight end extra tackle player. Like, that's what Michael Pruitt is. So if he gets added to your, your tight end room, he's no threat at all. So that's actually, I look for those guys because you want them to be added to the team because that's somebody who's not going to go in and take any targets away from
0: anybody. Right. We're going into the Seattle Seahawks. I think this one was, I think it was James Grande that actually tweeted me this, but the Seahawks have four active wide receivers on their team right now after releasing about six of them <sighs> yesterday.
1: Good God, really? That's that's interesting. So who is it? I, mean, yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but it's... Yeah,
0: so it's, it's I'm going to try to... It's Metcalf, Lockett, Eskridge, and one other player that they had at wide receiver. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. A guy, Freddie Swain. So it's Metcalf, Lockett, Eskridge, and Freddie Swain are the four active receivers on their team.
1: I think what's even more interesting is that I don't recognize any of these wide receivers. They did cut Penny Hart, kind of. Who is Aaron Fuller? That that one doesn't ring a bell for me.
0: David Moore was released today by Carolina. uh, Yeah, Carolina. Maybe he finds his way back to Seattle.
1: You know what? that that's a that's a narrative right there if we all that that's a tweet going out if if it happens so these tight ends are also nobody's really either so but I mean that just kind of clears things up for for Gerald Everett who I mean we already know he came over with Shane Waldron from the Rams so they already had plans in place for him so just Gerald Everett is a it's they have four wide receivers and Gerald Everett one of them is a nobody and the other one's a rookie so kind of makes Joe Everett one of the more inter- interesting yins as far as safe tight ends are at his AVP.
0: Right, I agree with you 100% on that one. If we're going to go down a, a little bit further, anybody else, I guess, overall that sticks out to you? Maybe any other big names or positions that you're watching? Obviously, we, we just ran through all of the teams. Like, Is there an like a, a player that you think now is in the best Position following these, these...
1: So one thing that I am watching is uh, the Christian Darrisaw. So he's the left... He was drafted in the first round by the Vikings. Apparently he had groin surgery that uh, they said was only going to take two to three weeks for him to come back. And he had to have a second surgery within August. So he might not be back and ready to go. So And he's the guy that they drafted to replace Riley Reef, who the Bengals kind of poached away to take that Bobby Hart role. So... That's why I'm not really in on Tyler Conklin to Tyler Conklin himself because he's playing that Rudolph role and Rudolph was always there to supplement poor subpar tackle play and with without them having that that player hasn't even played for the team in any of the games so I'm a little concerned there for for Dalvin Cook and concerned for all the tight ends there in terms of their production because you can't just you can't just leave a guy that can't block the edge out there. You have to supplement it with some sort of tight end. So that's something that I'm definitely keeping an eye on. I, and We talked about most of them, but Nico Collins is the one that it's kind of – there's nothing in his way now. Kiki Kuti gone. Randall Cobb got traded away. They cut Chris Moore. Like He's kind of got that outside role.
0: He's got to beat out Anthony Miller, I guess, or – but I mean yeah.
1: – Miller's a slot guy my, in my eyes. I mean, and yeah. it's, it's that roster. They are – it's just like all running backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they might pull the Jacksonville Jaguars move and just run the ball over and over and over until the season's over and you have the first, it's kind of a, just it's, if you're going to be bad, you might as well just get it over with. So sure. run that run that clock on yourself. Uh, Jordan Akins, I do kind of like on that team as well for a tight end. Brevin Jordan has been playing a lot of pass snaps. So maybe he, kind of takes over at some point, but in the early going, Brevin Jordan is, we touted Jimmy Graham last year because it was like, we were like, he's got a clear path to being the second target on this team after Allen Robinson, not a lot of competition guys like Anthony Miller, who didn't really show up. I mean, this is kind of the same situation where it's Brandon cooks. I guess Nico Collins is a rookie who we do like, but one of Nico Collins or Jordan Aikens is now kind of in the catbird seat to be the second target on a team that even if they only throw 450 times, that's balls so
0: right yeah i'm, I'm with you uh, on that one what there. about you
1: man you got anything that up uh, that jumps no, out i mean like i said in?
0: yeah i, I don't want to keep going back to new england but i think damian harris and james white are two guys now again i've seen some like wild tweets out there for people who still aren't in on damian harris because they think of Vermondre stevenson I mean, I don't know, am I wrong here in thinking that, like, when the Patriots generally have a lead back, like, he is the lead back? They'll have a guy that's available to, like, spell, but, like, I don't think we're going to see some sort of, like, 60-40 split with Damian Harris and Stevenson, and then you have James White getting the passing down work. I, I think this is Damian Harris's job.
1: Right. I think that's the case, and I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see, like, it could go either way, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Ramondre Stevenson as a game day scratch i mean i know that if it were still a 46 man game day roster rather than 48 he almost certainly probably would have been because he doesn't really play special teams you have a running down back and a pass catching back so i really think the the setup is it's a two-back system damian williams uh, sorry damian harris is the running down starter james white is the passing down starter Ramondre Stevenson is the backup for running downs. J.J. Taylor is the backup for passing downs. And that way, you're you're spreading the work out to a certain degree. You're covered on all bases. And I guess the last thing I'll say is that uh, Andrew Erickson from Pro Football Focus, he had one of the one of the articles I really appreciate. He mathematically showed that mobile Q quarterbacks don't throw the ball to the running back as much. So Cam Newton being gone is great for Damian Harris, and it's also good for James White. So.
0: Interesting. Well, that's a good note and good spot to end it there. Coop, when we have next week's podcast, we'll be previewing... Uh, week one of the NFL season so that's that's going to be exciting for everybody get out on the DFS content Coop does the the, uh, tight end coach for DFS he's going to have a whole bunch of videos for you this year he's got Coop Scoops be on the lookout for that weekly article as well so there's a lot more coming from Andrew Cooper this year the NFL fantasy football analyst here obviously at Fantasy Alarm so be sure to find him everywhere because he's going to be in front of you all season long so uh, be sure to check that out but for now we will catch you guys next week